Good morning, Calvary Carlsbad. Happy Sunday to you. We are so stoked that you joined us and uh, you're part of our online journey here on YouTube. Well, it's been a while. We've been doing this for quite a while and we're really excited to announce that we've got some, some meetings, in-person meetings coming up. First of all, this is Sunday and, and later on this afternoon, you can have an opportunity, like we did last week, an opportunity to do drive-through uh, fellowship and prayer. So right behind the building in the alley by the boiler room, we're going to have some people there ready to say hi and to pray for you if you need any prayers. And we'll have our masks on, but it's a good way to connect. So that'll be today from 2 to 3, 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Also, we're going to be doing our first live in-person in very long time service. We're going to be doing a midweek on Wednesday. So there will be no childcare provided. That's one of the tricky things moving forward is the whole childcare issue. And so that's going to be tough uh, for, for now, just the way we're set up. We have so many kids. So uh, even we're, we're looking at potentially having a service next week. And it'll be a family thing. It'll be a family service where families are kind of taking care of their own. And and uh, so we just got to be conscious of that. So, but anyway, this Wednesday, we'll have a midweek. It'll be at six o'clock. And it might even be in the boiler room with the door open. So we are using the outdoors and, and, uh, and we're just being creative. So stay tuned. There'll be more info coming up. As you know, regulations are always changing and we're staying up on that. We want to be do this responsibly. We want to do this safely. But we are excited to see you guys again and to meet again. So stay tuned. Keep up on social media. And then we have our e-bulletin where we send that out too. If you're not getting that, let us know. Say, sign me up for the e-bulletin. And uh, we send those out every week. So there you go. Well, we're starting a new book today. And I'm excited about this. The, we're going to be starting. We're going to be going through Ephesians next. We've been going straight through since Acts, straight through the New Testament. Um, but we're going to take a quick break, a four-week break, and we're going to be going through the book of Ruth. And we're going to do one chapter a week. And the name of this series is Ruth, Restored, Redeemed, and Remembered. So uh, if you've never read the book of Ruth, you, well, you're going to now. <laughs> we're going to be going through it. So thanks for joining us. Let's pray. We'll get started. Lord, thank you so much for this time, God, and we pray that you would just speak to us, Lord, from your word, that we would hear from you, and that we would uh, be encouraged, Lord, and that um, in this story of Ruth and uh, and Naomi and, and all the people involved, God, we, uh, God, we pray that you would just be speaking to us this morning. So, God, we pray that you'd have your hand on us, and we're so thankful that you love us and you're for us, and uh, all we got to do is trust you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so this book is its definitely going to be a blessing. And so uh, we're just going to get right into it. The name of our message today is Choosing Our Own Way, or actually the perils of choosing our own way. Verse 1, let's jump in. We're just going to do a little bit and go. We're doing the whole chapter this morning, uh, but it's going to be good. Now it came to pass in the days when judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. 
The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Malone and Chilion. Uh, Epaphrathites, it's hard to say that word, <laughs> of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab and remained there. So it starts off by saying it's when the judges ruled. And this was about a 400-year period where God was would raise up a judge to kind of help restore Israel. It was before the kings. Um, and it was very up and down. There were seasons of blessing and then forgetting God. And then um, the, the pride and the arrogance led to destruction. And then there was the judge would come and, and kind of right the ship and speak uh, truth and bring it back. And, and so it was in this era and they're in Bethlehem. They're, they're where they're supposed to be, but there rose a famine in the land and a famine is extremely serious. Uh, you know, we haven't really had a famine here, but I think the closest thing we've seen to a famine uh, in the U S was just what happened right recently, a famine of toilet paper and pasta and, you could kind of get a picture for people are freaking out. What happens if there's no food? And we kind of like, oh, okay, what do you do? What? Okay, what's the next step? You know, like uh, this is kind of a sketchy situation. Uh, but that's really just a glimpse of what a famine would look like in their time. So famine rose in the land. And uh, so Elimelech took his family and he decided to move them to Moab. He's like looking around and he's like, this is bad. We got to get out of here. Um, this is, I, I know this is the promised land. I know God promised to take care of us. I know that he said he's got us, but um, you know what? I don't see him and you know, let's get out of here. So the famine, it's a no, it's a big problem, right? It's a, it's definitely a crisis that they're going through. Uh, but Elimelech had, had left the place that God had called them to the promised land uh, because it was the only thing he could think to do, right? And so he started using his rational mind and said, there's no food here. It's time to go. We got to get out of here. So he left his community. He left his family. He left even in a sense, their faith and their, their, the place where their God reigns supreme. And it was fueled by fear and disbelief, right? And, and you might think, well, you're kind of taking a lot into this, they, you know, just think God couldn't sustain them. He couldn't keep them, but it's actually pretty evident because we'll see later on that, that, uh, Naomi knew full well, they should not have been here when they went to Moab. So they moved to a place with pagan gods and they thought it's better to be in a place with pagan gods and food than in a land where God is. And who knows if there's going to be food. It's so easy to think this way, right? It's so easy to, to get caught up and let circumstances start uh, fueling fear. And, and fear makes us think that our situation is unique. And, and even though throughout all of their history, God had continually provided, even to the point of raining bread in, in the morning and, and, you know, parting the sea and water coming out of rocks. He thought, this is the end. This isn't it. You know what? We're going to have to make a compromise. It was all fueled by fear. I, that's why I'm always really nervous when you make a decision fueled by fear that has compromise involved in it and you leave your community, you leave your faith, you leave your, or not your faith, but you leave your family and you, you know, your whole support system to go to a safe place. That doesn't sound safe at all. And I think that it's pretty evident that it was not safe 
for them. So they moved to a pagan land thinking it was a safer option. That's Moab. Uh, verse 3. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she was left and, and her two sons. Now they took wives of women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years. Then both Malone and Chilean also died. So the women survived her, uh, woman survived her two sons and her husband. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't think this means that this was a straight up punishment from God for leaving. But what I, I do think is worth noting is that in all of their thinking about leaving, and we don't know who was thinking to leave, if it was just Elimelech going on his own or or if it was Naomi being like, well, we got to get out of here or both or, or who knows. But there was some sort of, they did not know what was coming next. And I think that that's something that's really important for us to understand. When we start one of the perils of choosing our own way, one of the perils of, of choosing where we go over asking God and trusting God as to where we go is that you don't know what's coming next. You might think you know, and you might think you're making the best decision with all the things that you have in mind. Well, well, they had no idea what was coming next. So without looking at it as like a punishment or like God is judging them straight up, they just didn't know that. And I'm sure it would have been much easier for this to happen if Naomi was at home. She's in a foreign land, right? And her husband dies. This is all within 10 years. Her husband dies. So then what happens? Her sons marry pagan women. Because they're in Moab. So, you know, their, their God is not a thing there. And so they marry pagan women. And then what happens? They both die. You can't imagine the, the pain and the sorrow and the suffering that Naomi's gone through. She's in 10 years lost her husband, both of her sons. That's like her whole identity. That's the whole future. It's all gone. All that's left is these two women, these daughter-in-laws that she has. It is so gnarly to think about. And, and it's tragedy like this. It's unfathomable. It's unthinkable to think what she had endured. Uh, but it's especially hard when you aren't around your community and you're isolated and you're alone. This is why it's important to listen to God, to be where you're supposed to be. Then you can say, okay, man, I, I thought was a brutal season to go through. But I'm so glad I was next to my community, near my community. We need that. Verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his, pe had visited his people by giving them bread. So Naomi has lost everything. Everything is gone and all she wants to do is go home. She just wants to go home. And she's like, I'm so sick of this experiment of being out here. I want to go home. I, I need to be back to like where my people are. I need to be back to where I can worship God freely. Um, I want to surrender. I want to turn around. I don't want to do this my own way anymore. Not only that, she'd heard that God had been faithful to keep his people. Imagine that, right? Throughout all of history, he's been doing it and he'd done it again. And I'm sure she's just like, why did we even leave? Why did we think we needed to leave? Why did we think that God wouldn't be faithful? Why did we think that God couldn't provide? He had provided. And it's funny because 
you know, one of the things that, that we're going to have to deal with is that we always will think that the, the crisis we're in is so natural for us to think that that crisis is different than the other crises that we've either been in and watched God deliver us or that we see in the Bible where like God delivers his people. He can take care of his people where he guides, he provides, he's got us. He is not dealing out of a lack, but out of an abundance. He could do whatever he wants. He can make bread rain from the sky. The Lord had taken care of his people. And she's stuck in this foreign land where she thought things would be better and where she thought she would rescue and, and a little bit of compromise to, for some safety. I'll take that, you know, a little bit of compromise from not being where you, you know, are supposed to be. For the greater good and cause, you know what, it all worked out in the end. No, she was not where she was supposed to be. Fact is, God had kept his people, and Naomi says, I want to go to my people, and I want to be with my God. So, verse 7. Therefore, when she went out from the place where she was, and her two daughter-in-laws with her, daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her uh, mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant uh, that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, Surely we will return with you uh, to your people. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law, they loved each other. They had a relationship and her daughters-in-law were like, we are going with you. You're going back to your land. We'll go with you. We can't just leave you. You know, that's a long journey. We don't want to leave you alone. So we'll go with you. And then Naomi says like, she's trying to release them. She's like, you guys are free to live your own life. Like restart, go back to your house, your, you know, your parents' house and find another man and, and get married and have kids. Like you don't have to deal with what I have to deal with. Like, please, I'm releasing you. You've been so good to me. You guys have honored me. And, and I, and I thank you for that. But what would bless me the most is you guys living and having a good life from this point on. Verse 11. But Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go? Because they had said that they were going to go. No, we're going with you. Wherever you go, we're going to go. And and is this cordial or is this because they really wanted to? Well, we'll, we'll see right now. Uh, Naomi said, turn back my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that you may, uh, that may be your husbands? Turn back my daughters. Go for I'm too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Uh, she's like, please don't stay with me. I have nothing to give to you anymore. I don't have any more sons. And let's just say, and I'm old, let's just say I can have another kid. You're going to have to wait too long for the sons to, to be of age where you can marry them. No, just leave, just go. Because if you follow me, you're not probably not going to be able to get a husband. Because we're going back to my land and they're, they're not going to want to marry pagan women 
They're not going to want to marry outside of the, you know their people. Like if you go with me, your life will be greatly altered. Please, I, I love you girls. Just don't go. Like I, I've already felt enough pain. I know that the Lord is is speaking to me and getting a hold of me, and I know what I need to do. I need to go home. This has nothing to do with you guys. So. He lays it out and, and we see she sees this as the Lord's hand against her in verse 13. She knew she wasn't where she was supposed to be and she wasn't supposed to leave in the first place from, from Bethlehem. This is not what she was supposed to do. And she's probably felt guilty ever since. And that's one of the things when we know we, we go somewhere on our own path, there is an unsettling in our souls. And when we think we're running away and we think that we're getting away with something by running away from God, it does not help. As a matter of fact, it w- makes things much, much worse. You, you, you start running from one thing and you will find yourself running from others. And it's only a matter of time before you're running from that and then from that and then from that. It is not a good practice to run. It is the best thing we can do is, is to say, I trust you, God. I want to go where you want me to go. So, um, Naomi's seen God's hand is on this, like correcting and bringing me back. And I want to be restored. I want to go back to restoration. I want to go back to hopefully coming home and being back where I'm supposed to be. I've already lost so much. I just want to, I don't want the Lord's hand against me. So the best thing I know how to do is just return to the Lord. That's a good thing, by the way. She knew she was supposed to return to the Lord. And yeah, I've actually been reading, um, my wife, Tori, loves Francine Rivers. And she's like, you've got to read her books. You've got to read her books. And I like reading my books that I'm already reading. And, and, and she says, okay, you're teaching through Ruth. You have to read this. So I've been reading uh, her book on Ruth. And she has all kinds of different, uh, kind of reads into the story. And it's, it's really cool to see the different relationships and the struggles that Naomi's going through. And in that book, Naomi never wanted to move in the first place. And she just, she did not want to be away from her people. And she never felt at home in Moab. It's funny, reading through some commentaries, other people think that Naomi was the one that wanted to leave in the first place. We don't know. But what we do know is that, that she senses that God wants her to come home and that she is not where she wants was supposed to be. Whether Elimelech brought her there or if it was her driving them there, either way, she knows God is like, it's time to change. And, and for all of us, we come to that place where we go, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You can continue to run and that will have disastrous effects. Or we can be like Naomi and say, done running, I'm coming home. I've lost enough. Like I, I've learned my lesson enough. I've done it on my own enough. I felt that that loneliness of choosing my own path, compromise has worn me out enough. No more. So she's choosing to come back to the Lord because she's looking for restoration. Verse 14. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Orpah loved Naomi and Ruth loved Naomi. And they, they have this scene where they're weeping together. But, uh, but Orpah saw the writing on the wall and she's like, you know what? There's nothing for me in that land. So she headed home and, and she headed to her gods, back to her gods. She was not converted. 
to the Hebrew God of Israel. She went back to her gods. That was what she did. So the writing was on the wall for her. Ruth saw something different. <laughs> Ruth saw, she had seen something different in Naomi. And she, there was something about Naomi and there was something about the God of Naomi that uh, Ruth did not want to lose. It's funny, uh, as I've been reading that book, uh, <laughs> as they're about to go on their travels. And of course, this is, we don't know what actually took place. It's reading into it and elaborating on the story. But Orpah had brought like a bunch of stuff with her. She had like stools and all this heavy lotus. So she was bringing everything she could because she didn't want to leave. Ruth packed super light like someone who's ready to travel. And so Orpah... She didn't want to really leave. She didn't really want to go. And that's kind of like when the, when the road gets tough and you see what it's really going to cost you. Um, a lot of times you're going to go back to your gods. You're going to go back to your comfort. You're going to go back to... But Ruth, she saw something different. She says, I don't know what's going on, but I want to stick with you. So Orpah loved her, hugged her. Uh, Ruth clung to Naomi. Again, Naomi said, go with your sister-in-law. Go. She's gone back to her gods. Just go with her, please. I don't want to be responsible for anything else bad happening to you. But Ruth has a beautiful declaration. And it shows where she was at. But Ruth said, verse 16, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where, where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. So Ruth makes this crazy wild declaration that she was committed to Naomi. Not just committed to Naomi, she was committed to the God of Naomi. She says, wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere and you're not going anywhere without me. Uh, what's interesting here is, is like I said, I, you know, it, one side of, of it is when did Ruth get converted? Well, some people believe it was when Naomi finally made a stand and said, I'm going home. I'm sick of running from God. I'm following him. And that, it was the end of compromise. And there's some great points to be made along those lines. A lot of times we think in compromise, we reach people better. Well, if I can kind of seem more like them, and I can keep compromise, but not really. You know, we'll just kind of, uh, you know, seem more personable, and seem more real, and, you know, like, look, I'm, I'm just like you. Well, that doesn't actually speak to the power of God, does it? Because it, you look just like them and the power of God is absent in your life because you're held down just like they're held down. And there's no, like, where's the freedom? Where's the power? I don't see it. So uh, there's a good point there that this could be as soon as Naomi made this choice, Ruth saw that she was serious about it and she determined herself to follow too. As I was reading through that book, the, the whole thing is about Naomi's private life never giving up on following him. Naomi loving God and choosing not to uh, ever give up on following him, surrendering, 
before him and, and going where he wants her to go. And, and so that she had the secret life with the Lord and that, that Ruth had seen that and that she was compelled by that. You can make points on either side. The quiet, private life of one who's continuing to honor God, even in the midst of a pagan people, that will stand out greatly. And so will those who say, no more compromise. I'm done. I will follow you, Lord. Either way. Either way, uh, Naomi decided, you know what? I'm going to honor her request. She's going with me. Now, the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? Okay, so they made it to Bethlehem. And the journey from Moab to Bethlehem was roughly 50 miles. Not just 50 miles. Walking 50 miles is quite a bit. But it was like mountainous 50 miles. So it would have been a tough, tough road getting there. So, uh they're estimating it's a seven to 10 day journey because of where you have to go up and over, crossing by the Jordan and dealing with all of that. It's pretty gnarly, right? Uh, but she's going back to Bethlehem. And one of the things uh, that Naomi knows going back to Bethlehem, she doesn't know what's waiting for her. They've sold everything. They've left. Um, she doesn't know who's alive, who's still around. If people even are there that remember her, she's not really sure but she's just going to go back. And so they take this long journey. They show up. And what happens? They are excited because they saw them. They finally got to see them. They're so pumped. She finds her friends alive and well. And the funny thing is, it says, is, they, they wonder, is this Naomi? It's been 10 years. But this has been a brutal 10 years. Three deaths. I'm sure that, that Naomi had aged. Her friends barely recognized her. They didn't really like, is this Naomi? Uh, it could be that they just came from a really long journey and they're just dirty and, and weary on that end. But it's, it's, uh, it doesn't matter. She's, she's, she's probably been through a lot. And, and anyway, but she came home. She's finally back where she belonged. And I love this, this excitement of the people to get to see them. They're excited to see her. They're pumped to see her. And I think about even the, uh, the prodigal, right? The prodigal coming home and just being excited to come home. And, and Naomi thought, even if I have to come home and I have to beg, or even if I have to come home and and live on the streets, at least I'll be by my people. At least I'll be where I'm supposed to be. At least I'll feel peace on the inside. And that's the prodigal. He's like, I'll go home and well, I'll just be a servant. Like I'll be one of my dad's servants. Like I, I don't need anything big. I just want to be home. I know that there'll be peace with me being home. And that's what I want. That's what I desire. So that is uh um, kind of a correlation there that I think is, is really good. But they didn't really recognize her for sure. Is this Naomi? They were excited though when they found out it was. But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me? And the Almighty has afflicted me. So the, Na the, the name Naomi actually means pleasant. And the name Mara means bitter. So she's like, just call me bitter. Because I have had a rough 10 years. She's humbled by her situation. She's humbled by everything that has taken place in her, her life. 
and she had a guilty conscience on top of it. And she saw it as the Lord's hand against them. And she's hurting and she's laying it all out in front of them. Here's another note. She's honest. She's real. You know, a lot of times when you, you see people, hey, how's it going? Great. Everything's great. And you're like, it ain't great. It's not great. She's like, you know, I'm not faking it. I'm coming home. I'm with my people. I'm before the Lord. And I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to be open. And I'm going to be transparent. Here it is, Lord. Here it is. I lay it all out before you. Verse 22. So Naomi returned. Um, uh, Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, uh, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. They have made it. They made it back. Ruth is with her. The future is extremely uncertain, but they finally know that they are where they're supposed to be. They're in the land of their, of their people or of, or of Naomi's people. They're honoring God. They're finally listening to what he says. That alone is a victory. That alone is peace. What's going to happen next in the next three chapters is absolutely mind-boggling. And we're going to see that like, not only did God like help right now they're just like looking to like survive and we're going to find that god not only had a plan for them to survive but to be restored to be redeemed so restored brought to that restoration with him to be fully redeemed like their life has a full-on redemption story and then to be remembered ruth will be in line for to the messiah and we're going to, I don't want to, you know, you've probably read it before, but, he, but she's going to be in the line of the lineage of the Messiah. She's going to be David's great grandma. And there will be an amazing story to come. I know I kind of gave it away, but be pumped because there's such good things ahead. So many things we can learn from this. So many things about the perils of choosing our own way and the peace that comes with following God, even when it doesn't make sense. If you find yourself right now at a, at a crossroads decisions where you're like, man, what do I do? This doesn't seem to make sense. I don't see a way, but this is where you've called me, God. Can I encourage you? Keep trusting him. If you're where you're supposed to be, keep trusting him. Don't compromise. Don't make another way. That will lead to pain. We don't know what's coming up next. We have no idea what's coming. Who knew right now, like who knew eight months ago, we'd be where we are right now dealing with quarantine and, and we're going to come in with masks and, and we have to be six feet. Who would have ever known that? God knew. He knows. But if, if we start doing it on our own, we're, man, we really don't see it all. So if you're in that place, continue trusting in the Lord. If you're in the place where you've decided to go your own way and you've been going your own way, turn right now. Come back to him. He can change and he can restore and he can redeem and he can leave a legacy behind for those who decide to choose and to follow him. There will always be excuses we can make. There will always be reasons to believe that this crisis is different, that God can't rescue because this one's different. We don't want to be there. We want to follow him and honor him. And we want to believe that he, the God who has redeemed and restored and, and left legacies in the past, the miracles, the, the keeping, the manna, the uh, redemption, 
all throughout history. That's the God who holds us. That's the God who's got us. Let's stay in tune with him. Lord, we thank you so much. God, we thank you for your, your grace in our lives and uh, that you're so loving and good to us, Lord. And even in, in trials and, and rough things, Lord, that you can work something out of that. We just want to keep in step with you, aligned with you. We don't want to look to the right or to the left or get caught up in anything other than where you want us to be, God. So cover us and help us. Lord, help us to believe you even when the land looks parched, even when there's a famine seemingly uh, that's going to take over. If you've called us there, to stay, to believe that you can redeem, to believe you can take care of your people, that you can provide bread, and not to go to a foreign house where we don't belong. So God, help us to believe Help us to not live our lives uh, full of compromise that's based on fear, driven by fear uh, or of the unknown. But to trust you who knows the beginning from the end and who has um, unlimited power to take care of us. Unlimited provision. You lack nothing. You have abundance. So God, we pray that you would help us and you go before us. And um, I just pray for anyone even right now who, recognizes they just aren't where they're supposed to be and and uh, that you just would heal us and you'd uh, turn, we'd be able to turn today and reap the just beautiful blessings of following you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hopefully you can join us today, two to three, drive through prayer and fellowship and uh, connection. We miss you. We want to see you. We're happy that we're going to get to you. All right. So uh, we'll see you soon. All right.